Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Sasha Spins, where you get my thoughts on life, current events, and everything else in between, in and out of the saddle. So let's get right on into it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in your day. I hope you are doing well. I hope you are doing amazing. Welcome to Sasha Spins, where we talk about life, current events, and everything else in between, in and out of the saddle. Today, what are we talking about? Today, we are talking about saddle things, the fitness industry, my experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we're just taking a five-year look back because it just occurred to me that I have been in this for five years. I've been in the fitness industry for five years. And if you had asked me if I thought it would go this journey, this path, if it would go where it did, if I thought that, if I knew that, I would told you maybe, but probably not. If you're like, Sasha, would you have expected X, Y, and Z to happen in the past five years? Maybe, but probably not. (laughs) But you live and you learn. So it's just been occur. I was like, I really want to do this. I really want to talk about it. I didn't know what context I wanted to talk about it in. So I was like, let's just do a quick rundown. The good, the bad, the ugly, like a real look back. And I wanted to do this. I was like, do I do it as two parts? Do I do it as one part? We're just going to do it as one part because I want to keep the conversation flowing. I think breaking it up into two parts and like focusing one episode on the good and the bad and then another episode on the ugly takes away from the full breath and the full focus of the experience itself. So today's episode is going to be a little bit longer. But (laughs) you get my full fleshed out experience, so grab some tea, and we'll try to keep it under 35 minutes. I'm going to try to do that for you, but you know your girl be talking, so we're going to try, though. We're going to try. So I strongly believe in not looking back, not reflecting on the past with a regretful eye, but reflecting on the past to see how far you have come and to encourage yourself to keep going, to keep moving forward. So as we do this look back, I do want to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and my hopes for the future, you know, ending on a high note. And so like I said, we're going to do this as a one part, get into it, get into it, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But so to, before I even got into the fitness industry, like I want to like take it back to the beginning before I even got into the fitness industry, but just as I started as a client, this was back in like 2013, 2014, I just tried different workouts because I'm sitting at a desk all day. I just like graduated from college a few years prior, getting into my working woman mode. And after sitting at a desk a few, like for several just hours a day and not much movement, just adopting this sedentary lifestyle, you know, it starts to show up in your body. And I just wanted to introduce some movement into my day. And I tried different workouts. I did bar, I did body pump, I tried Zumba. You know, I just tried all of these different workouts. And spin was the only one that really I looked forward to. It it, it just kept me captured from the minute that I walked in until when I left. Like with every other of those workouts, like with bar, I would have to mentally talk myself into it. With lifting, I would mentally like have to talk myself into it. I could easily, just as easily talk myself out of it. But I was like with spin, 
I really wanted to go. Like I was just excited. I loved the music. I loved the energy. But that was just as a client, right? Like I was just going as a writer. I didn't really think that it would extend beyond that. I, I didn't grow up very active. I didn't play sports. I wasn't like, you know, fitness Barbie, nothing like that. I just wanted a good workout and my pants weren't fitting right. And I was like, I'm going to be able to fit to my pants again. So I didn't really see myself transitioning into the fitness industry as an instructor. But I started to notice something as I would go into these studios, into these spaces. It didn't matter if it was a gym, if it was a bar studio, if, you know, like I had a Gold's Gym membership. And as I'm going to all of these classes, not just box gyms, Gold's Gyms, but boutique fitness studios, I never saw, I rarely, rarely, rarely saw instructors that looked like me, like black women. There were a lot of, I did see black male trainers, but I didn't see black women. And growing up, my dad always said to us, if you don't see yourself, if you don't see an example, you become the example. And it was always weird to me, by the way, because this is DC. This is freaking Chocolate City. How is it that I'm going into these fitness studios and these boutique studios in DC? I'm talking like Columbia Heights, okay? <laughs> like I would go, which is now really gentrified, but at the time it wasn't as gentrified. Anyway, though, I would go into these studios and I didn't see myself represented. I didn't see myself as the example. So I was like, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. I want to do this. And I think I would be really freaking good at this. I was like, I think I would be great at this. So I became certified. I went and got my instructor certification. It was a weekend at the WIC in Georgetown. I went eight hours a day. It was the Mad Dog spinning certification. It's like five. We like I only remember it because we had a fire drill in the middle of training, and it took an hour to clear everything out. And the guy was like, "All right, so we may have to make up this hour." And everybody was like, "Absolutely not! Y'all better let us go early." So, anyways, I got my I got certified in 2015 and I started training and teaching and well I started I got certified and then I was a writer at these places the first place I ever auditioned at was flywheel and they were like lol cute no thanks we want someone with more experience so I went to biker bar and I will never like I will always love Katie forever because she was the only one that was like, you know what, let me give her a chance. I will give you a chance. Like a lot of some places that are willing to take on new instructors, people have never taught before. Other places are not as willing and that's okay too. I always say that you can teach anyone how to ride a bike. You may not just have the time at that moment to teach them how to ride a bike and coach a class. And I think that some of these places at the times that I was auditioning, they just didn't have the capacity or desire to do so. So anyways, I started teaching in 2016 and the rest is history. Well, five-year history because we are now. <laughs> I've been teaching since 2016. And with that being said, we are going to get into the good because we're going to start with the good. We ain't going to start with the bad because what's going to happen is y'all going to take that tea and you're going to be like, okay, I don't want to hear the good. I don't want to I don't want to hear the good. I don't want to hear the bad. I want to hear the ugly. Give me the ugly. So I give you the ugly and you take it and you leave. So we ain't going to do that. We're going to start with the good. So honestly, the best part of teaching, first thing, first and foremost it was the fact that I finally felt like I was leading and walking and existing in my purpose. Everything 
clicked. It was like, this is where I am supposed to be. Because at the time I was working in a corporate environment and I just didn't feel like I fit in there. I was like, we are not meant as humans to sit behind a computer screen at a desk for seven to nine hours a day. This shit is not normal. I don't like it. It just, it didn't, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel right for me. And when I started teaching, everything finally clicked for me. The music, the energy, just the, it was all, it was all there. It was just great. I felt, I felt like I was finally leading and walking my purpose. And again, looking back, it was that first step of teaching. It was, it was teaching that was my first step on this journey of leading and walking in my purpose. Because now, looking back on it, five years ago, I knew that I wasn't doing what I was put on this earth to do, but I didn't have the tools. I just, I just, I just didn't know where to start. And when I started teaching, I was like, this is my first step. Now it makes sense. Now everything is clicking. So that was like the first part. That's the first thing of the good. I feel like I finally like was just leading in my purpose. So the second great thing, good thing, great thing, amazing thing that's come out of teaching is the friendships. In a lot of fitness studios, the boutiques especially, because it cultivates a more community environment than I would say the box gyms. Like the box gyms, I really didn't feel like I was connecting with people. Even when I taught at one, I taught at Mint for a minute. I didn't feel like, and, and then I also taught at Equinox. And I like did develop some relationships with the riders that people that would come through. But mostly in those boutique fitness spaces, because you spend, it's a little bit more intimate and it's a little bit more intimate because you're coming there for one thing exclusively, right? Right? If you're going to a bar studio, a boutique bar studio, you're going there for bar. If you're going to a boutique spin studio for spin, you're going there for spin. So you're all there for the same collective purpose and you're spending 45 minutes together and it becomes a community and you meet all types of people in these spaces and communities. And because you spend so much time there and you all have this shared love of this thing, you become really close to them. And some of them, I've seen it, they become your family. Like people meet their partners there. People meet, you know, the loves of their life. They go on to have kids. So these environments are just so amazing. You form all types of great friendships and great relationships with people. And that's absolutely happened for me. Like one of my good friends, V, I met her five years ago teaching at one studio. And we still talk on a weekly basis. Like I need to text her back actually, but y'all know I'm bad at texting. So we ain't gonna even get into that. But <laughs> I like talk to her on a weekly basis and we've just become really good friends. So there are just so many relationships that you form and connections that you make with people, just the riders too, not even just the, not the staff, but the riders, you know, you just meet so many great people. So that's another great thing. That's, that's a good part of this industry. And then it's also because you are meeting so many people from different walks of life, you end up having these really great networking opportunities and not only networking opportunities, but opportunity, other instructors will come and take your class. So you then, as a result, get to try their classes. And some of them are really nice. You have like these instructor exchanges between studios where you can take their classes for free or at a discount. They can take your classes for free at a discount. And it's absolutely amazing. Like the, listen, a lot of these workouts are super expensive. Like Solid Core, it is one of, it is the most humbling workout I've ever done. But Solid Core is free. 
freaking expensive. So I can go to if I can go to Solid Core at a discount or for free ninety nine, your girl's gonna go. Okay. And then also speaking of discounts, another good thing about this industry is the retail discounts. Okay, baby. If you are a fit pro, you know how much leggings you go through, sports bras you go through, like you know how much fitness clothes you go through. So being able to have discounts at these places, like Carbon 38, Lululemon, um, Alo, I think Alo Yoga, they do, why am I naming them? Like, I know this for sure. I know that I've gotten some things, but I don't know if it's a uh, ambassador, an instructor, retail. Yeah, some of them will have like ambassador programs, PS. So they won't call them retail discounts for fit pros. They'll call them ambassador. Like they have ambassador programs and that's how I got in with Carbon 38 absolutely amazing and that's another community that I found being a fitness instructor and I love it I love the carbon 38 community we have all of these community why did I say it like that <laughs> anyways we get all these like workouts and events and again you get to network with people and it's so much freaking fun so they're just within the industry itself you meet so many people but also starting in the industry one really good thing that i've seen about it and that i'm starting to notice more and more is that you have a lot of opportunities outside of fitness particularly growing a brand so we have you know you see these nike ambassadors under armor ambassadors lululemon ambassadors all of these people who serve as ambassadors and what essentially an ambassador is, it's a, you're a leader within your community. So you start off that way as these ambassadors. And I've seen so many people grow their brand from becoming ambassadors. Like one of my girlfriends, Victoria Brown, she's an Under Armour uh, an Under Armour ambassador, you've probably seen her in all of these amazing campaigns, but she and she's also a SoulCycle instructor. She started her brand, though, Very Best Self, and now she's growing it. Tunde Oneyan from, um, I probably butchered her last name, and as a Nigerian, I am so embarrassed that I did that, so y'all just act like y'all didn't hear me butcher her name. But anyway, <laughs> Tunde from Peloton, she started, she is, um, I think I saw, was it Nike's first non, I, I get, she's, ah, it's, it's bothering me. It's on the tip of my tongue. And as soon as I stop this recording, I'm going to remember it. But anyway, she started her brand Speak and now she's writing a book. Allie Love, also from Peloton, she started the um, Love Foundation. And, you know, you start off as a fitness instructor, but it gives you this amazing opportunity to build your own personal brand and get your message out there, especially if it's something, again, that you're leading and walking in your purpose. So it's just very beautiful to see. And I, I love this that a lot of people are, and not just women, but men too, like Percy, he is from the good works, he is starting an amazing brand. He's doing his own thing where he's bringing awareness to black instructors in the fitness industry. So again, like all you become an instructor, but you don't have to stay an instructor, right? Or just an instructor. You can build this amazing brand outside of that. And that's like really what I feel like that's the path I'm on. That's where I'm actively walking in now. And these are just some of the good things that have come from my time within the in, in the industry. But with all good, right? There's some bad. So the bad, oh, I don't even want to reflect too much on it because then we also have the ugly. So, <laughs> so some of the bad, honestly speaking, 
one of the things that is just bad about reflecting on my experience, just shitty, entitled, rude clients, writers. I could talk about this forever. I haven't experienced it at SoulCycle. But again, like I said, and let me actually, before I go into the bad and the ugly, please understand that a lot of my personal experiences occurred at a single studio that I don't feel I, I don't feel like I need to name because the things that I'm going to share, the bad and the ugly, these are universal experiences, right? Unfortunately, if you talk to some instructors and you share with them my bad and ugly, they're probably going to have the same experience. I may be able to relate to one, two, or unfortunately all of them, and they're not going to have worked at this episode, or sorry, at this um, studio in particular. And none of these experiences have occurred at SoulCycle. want to get that right off the bat. I'm not saying that SoulCycle is perfect. We know that nowhere is perfect, but that has not been my experience at SoulCycle. So all of these all of these experiences that I'm about to say, like the vast majority of them um, occurred at one place. But just because, again, it occurred at one place doesn't mean that it's only in that environment. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of this bad behavior, a lot of instructors are going to be able to relate to it. So we'll just get into the bad now that like that disclaimer is out there. <laughs> and I'm not going to name this studio. I'm not going to name them. Um before, at a certain point in my life, I would have been team name and shame, but I've moved on to bigger and better, and I just don't feel the need to go there. I think I can talk about my experience and not name them. I don't think it's necessary. Plus, if you know me and have followed me for any period of time, you already know what it is. So, <laughs> and I gotta say it. Um, anyway, so let's get into let's get into the bad. So there's, like I said, the shitty, rude, entitled clients and a 97% of the clients and the writers are absolutely amazing. The, the vast majority of them are. But you have these 3% of people who make it their single sole intention to just be demanding nasty people who are just rude. They don't listen. They don't, they don't want to be led. They just want to come in there and do their own thing. And then class pass, they'll hop on class pass. You're getting our classes for discounted, but you're going to hop on class pass and then talk shit about the instructor. But then after you talk shit about the instructor, you're going to come back to their classes. Y'all, let me tell you about this woman, right? She's had a really nasty review about me. And the continue to come to my class. Why? 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 If you don't like me, if you don't like my music, if you don't like how I teach the class, why are you coming to my classes? You know? So again, these people, this is why I'm 110% chew the meat, spit out the bones and don't read the reviews. Like that's the one thing I'm excited about now with so this being in the soul cycle space. I don't got to read class reviews. There's no class pass. Ugh, no. Plus I feel like I don't know if I want to say this. So I'll hold back on that. We'll get into the next bad thing though. <laughs> it can be being a fitness instructor. And I think this is any role, but being in particular, being a fitness instructor, being a spin instructor, particularly, it can be very energetically draining. Um, you have to be very mindful of your boundaries protecting your peace, especially on social media, you have to be very intentional about recharging. And I say this because you are, 
I think people have this misconception or I don't know what people think it is to lead a class, but I don't think people understand that you're not just in that space for 45 minutes or an hour. You're making your playlist beforehand. You go, you show up early, you're engaging with the riders before class, during class, you teach the class, you engage with them afterwards. Some of them will DM you on social media. If you're wearing clothes and you go out into the world or people know you as an X, Y, and Z instructor, they're going to reach out to you. So it, I won't say you're always on, but you have to be very mindful of how you're presenting a lot of the time. And that can be especially draining. So something that for me, I wasn't as mindful at the beginning of being instructor about protecting my energy. So sometimes I did experience that level of burnout. Plus the older I've gotten, I wasn't extra before. Now I've switched. I don't even want to say I've switched. I think it's just with age and lifestyle. And again, being in this industry for a while, I've become very much of an omnivert. And I'm very like protective of my energy. I'm very mindful of recharging and filling my cup, taking necessary breaks from social media um, in the sense of messaging, being mindful of how I'm using social media and engaging with others, because it can absolutely be very draining. And not just like, energetically draining, it is a physically demanding job. And I don't think um, spin particularly is different from other instructor, other fitness jobs that instructors have, because you're on the bike, we're on the bike with you, we're doing it with you, right? And we're talking, and we're doing all of these things. And we're trying to hype you up and give you this amazing workout. And this is not just once a day for some of us, like some of us are doing it two and three times a day, every single day for maybe four or five day stretches before we get a break. And that can be very physically demanding on your body. And this is why recovery is especially so important. It's so important, especially depending on my class load. I have a bit of a lighter class load because I am not full-time yet. I'm still part-time, but the full-time instructors and even part-time too, full-time, part-time, it doesn't matter. If you're teaching classes, you need to be very mindful of your recovery because it is a part of the, um, you know, you see, I see people all the time after we've done this high intensity workout, just hop off their bike and run out of the room. And I'm like, ah, save for the cool down because your body is going so hard for 41 to 43 minutes. And then you just stop and don't give your body the time to bring your heart rate down and recover. So I always say recovery is just as, if not more important than the workout itself. So y'all need to recover, okay? But it is it is a very physically demanding job and that's like, and physically and energetically draining and that's like something that I've been mindful of over the past few years. And then there's also the competitiveness, right? Everywhere is competitive. This is not just specific to the fitness industry, but you have to quickly realize that some people will sabotage you and they're not everybody is your friend and I I my parents were like growing up they were like Sasha not everybody's your friend not everybody's your friend and I understood that but I don't think that I took that into the fitness industry because I wasn't as protective of myself when I first started because I assumed that we're all in this together right it's a shared experience we're instructors we can all relate to each other where each one teach one everyone is in it for the win team family not everyone leads with that same 
spirit of abundance. Some people are still existing in that scarcity mindset. So they're going to look at you as competition. And when you win, they're not going to clap when you win. They're going to think that your light shining is dimming their own. And so there are some people, some instructors that are unfortunately like that, and they will sabotage you and they will try to cut you. And um, not physically, like <laughs> it ain't no fight club in there. We're not like carrying razors under our tongues and stuff. That's not what's going on. But when I say cut you, they're gonna talk behind your back or do underhanded things and gossip about you. And it's just really shitty. And, and again, this is something that is universal to a lot of spaces. And you just have to be very mindful of who you can trust, who you can call your friends and who you can be friendly with. And that's something that I've learned, but it is an unfortunate reality of this industry. And I would probably say something that's bad too. And I don't even know if it's bad because again, this is just the reality. It's just sometimes dealing with inconsistent, constantly changing schedules, plug and play. And you just have to do this because you find, you have to find which times work. Like nobody's gonna, no studio is gonna have a time slot that that's, that's not selling well. Um, they're just not going to have it. So your class may get cut and it can be a matter of a bad time. And some studios say, I know the like popular mindset within like management is there's no such thing as a bad time spot. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> That's just my personal opinion. It's bullshit. There is a such thing as a bad time slot and you can be an amazing instructor. And unfortunately you can be given a shitty time and, um, it doesn't perform well and you get it taken away and it's not a reflection on you. But if you haven't matured past, um, if you haven't matured past recognizing it's just the nature of the business, you can take it personal. And a lot of the time things happen that are without of our, that are outside of our control. And sometimes we just take it hard. We take it hard. We're sensitive about our shit as instructors. We artists, we artists, son. <laughs> okay, so that was the bad. Let's get into the ugly. Let me just... Mm, mm. I had to take a drink of water real quick because it's gonna get a ugly in here, up in here. Remember that Bubba Spark song? Ugly, ugly, ugly. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the ugly again. Like I said, these are universal experiences. Unfortunately, I'm not talking about Soul Cycle. Um, let's just make that very clear. Like I said, it's universal. So you may talk to instructors that have not been in the spaces where I have, but it has occurred in the spaces that they're in. So let's talk about it. Um, one of the ugly things that I've experienced in this five-year look back that has made my experience in this industry really frustrating is the lack of opportunities for growth. And I think this depends on the structure of the studio that you're working at. So SoulCycle is the first like corporate studio brand that I've worked for. And I'm really excited about being here in this space because for the first time in my five years of teaching and being an instructor, I feel like my journey is my own. I How successful I am is mine to make. How I grow is mine to decide. And I have that opportunity. And just having the opportunity for me makes so much of a difference because I spend the majority of my time in an industry working in spaces where I had no opportunity for growth. And for me, that's like a fate worse than death. 
it just for as a I wouldn't even say as a Gemini because we all know some of us be wearing our like zodiac signs on our sleeves I am one of those people at times forgive me but not really um but for me personally I'm always looking to how is this going to grow me? How is this going to benefit me? How can I help others? How can I grow others? What is my larger purpose? And it being in an environment where I have no higher purpose, where I cannot grow, that's so stifling to me. So training opportunities in a lot of the spaces that I was in was not only dependent on owners and managers. Owners. Oh my God. It's like slavery up in this. I was... <laughs> Oh my God, owners. Oh, we're not going to say that. We're just going to say management and people who owned the studio. How about that? There we go. Management and people who owned the studio, the training opportunities were so dependent on their moods. Therefore, and then like favoritism, right? So not only dependent on their mood, but favoritism, friendships. So dependent depending on how close you were, or if you fell out of favor, or if you weren't friends anymore. They these opportunities were just snatched away from you. It's fucked up. And favoritism seemed to be the motivating driver behind so many decisions that were made and people's mercurial moods. I cannot even like recall the amount of times where the that kind of dysfunction became normalized in our environment. Watch out for X, Y, and Z. They're in a bad mood. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And the person who happened to be in the bad mood, that was a person who controlled everything. So imagine falling out of favor with this person or not even falling out of favor, but this person not liking you. Imagine then what your experience is gonna be like. You know, I wish I had had the self-awareness at the time to, because I'm a fighter. I am someone who will fight for what I believe in tooth and nail till the end. And unfortunately, that is one of those situations where I should have been like, nope, I'm, I'm cutting, cutting the cord and walking away. And I didn't because I was a fighter. I didn't, it's not that I didn't have self-awareness. I was just like, I'm not going to let you treat me a certain way. And I fought to not be treated that way. But what I should have done, what would have been, have been a better use of my energy would have been to have just left. And I wish I had, but again, we're not looking back on this to express regret. We're just looking back on this, the good, the bad, the ugly. And that was just an ugly part of what happened, but it is what it is. So um, anyways, the next thing that can, in my experience, I was very ugly was the retaliatory nature of a lot of these environments. So again, think about this, the person or persons in charge, you're trying to walk a very fine line of always constantly being mindful of their emotions. And so in these types of environments, in these types of toxic environments, when you speak up and become the quote squeaky wheel, even if others agree with what you're saying and it benefits them, they're going to stay silent and reap the benefits as you take the fall and you deal with the fallout. And that is exactly what happened to me. So what I would say and what I would tell Sasha at that moment is be careful who you take up for. Because again, the war, the squeaky wheel, the person with the moral compass, even though you have that moral compass and you're fighting for everyone, people are going to take, let you take the licks. And then after the fact, they're going to come to you and be like, girl, that was fucked up. <laughs> but they're not going to say anything in the moment because they're not trying to, you know, fall out of favor. They're not trying to lose favor. And unfortunately, it is just what it is. But just be mindful of that. Um, if you're someone 
who is starting out in the industry or you've been in it or you're if you're just now starting out be mindful of that if you're someone that's in it and who has worked in this type of environment you're like "Mm -hmm, girl I could have told you that be careful who you take up for and another thing is that I like totally forgot about this now that I'm thinking about it when there is not only the lack of opportunities but not getting paid for training so this is something that I also spoke about and by the way look up how legal or illegal this is in your state because for a very long time in this space that I was in we were expected to show up for trainings but we weren't paid for those trainings and when I became the quote squeaky wheel what sparked it off was asking are we going to be paid for this training are we going to be paid Imagine someone wanting to be paid for their time. <laughs> On the weekends. Can you imagine? Crazy, right? Crazy. But um, yeah, another thing. Oh my gosh. And this is, now it's all crazy. As I think about the insanity that actually happened in this space, it was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> oh my God. But um, being accused of creating a gang mentality because I've requested medium sports bras be ordered. I got boobs. I'm sorry, I can't fit into the smalls and the extra smalls that they would exclusively order. I'm going to need you to order some medium and large sports bras. And then everybody else starts speaking up. Oh, can you order this in this size? Oh, can you order that in that size? And then because I'm the one who spoke up initially and everybody else tacked on to what I'm saying, all of a sudden I become accused of creating a gang mentality. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine? So... We... <sighs> Now, speaking of that, we get into the ugliest part, the ugliest part of being a part of this industry. The racism and the prejudice that exists within the fitness industry is something that has absolutely existed since its inception and it's still going. But I'm so glad that I got into this industry when I did because I have my experiences have led to what I feel is my genuine calling to address these issues. And which is why I started my workshop in the first place, my scarcity to abundance, addressing and creating equity, inclusion, and diversity within the fitness industry because all of these things are lacking. And I and me creating that workshop was the essence of all of my experiences because as a black woman, as a black woman, Black women have it so hard in this industry. There is a hierarchy. There is a hierarchy in this fitness industry. And it is white men, white women, black men, everyone else, all the others, and then black women. Black women are at the very bottom of this industry. It is very hard. You feel like you're, so you're dealing with all of this other ugly happening. I'm dealing with all of this other ugly happening around me. And I still have to deal with the microaggressions, the racism, the lack of representation, all of things which drove me to want to teach in the first place. Because again, like I said at the beginning, when you don't see yourself, as an example, when you don't see an example of you, you become the example so others can look to you. So I respect so much because I started five years ago. The fitness industry as we know it, as a boutique industry, yeah, there have always been trainers and um, people who work at gyms. But I would say this started, this boutique fitness industry really kicked off 
between 2007 and 2010. I started in 2015. Can you imagine in the five to eight years prior to that, how many black women were in that space and dealing with even worse forms of racism, prejudice, lack of representation? I take my hats off to every black woman that went before me because, and I still, I talk to some, I talk to some instructors who have been in this space for longer than I have and they shared their experiences and I'm so I'm not grateful that they experience that. No one should have to experience that shit. And we shouldn't be like, I'm so grateful for all the negative shit that you went through so you can teach us. No, fuck that. Like, I'm not grateful that they went through these experiences. I am grateful to have their guidance and for just to be able to talk to them and be like, someone validate your experience so you're not crazy. You know, you know you're not crazy because one thing that people will quickly try to do because conversations about racism make people so uncomfortable that they would much rather validate invalidate your experiences, gaslight you, ask you if it could have been x y and z. Maybe this maybe it wasn't racism. Maybe that person was just having a bad day. Oh, okay, cool. But I've lived 34 years as a black woman in this body and you have existed zero years and I've had I've lived 34 years in this body I've had these experiences so I can acutely call them what they are but you who's never had these experiences instead of you to just listen to what I'm saying and absorb it and understand it because you feel uncomfortable you then try to invalidate me and gaslight make it make sense make it make sense because the math ain't mathin but it is what it is so um yeah, that's probably one of the ugly, the, that is the ugliest thing that I've dealt with in this fitness industry. Um, I would say just honest racism and it, it, it it's, it's universal, right? Because these fitness spaces are a micro, microcosm of our larger society. So if there is racism and misogyny, it's going to create misogynoir and misogynoir is rampant in our larger society. So of course, it's gonna come into the microcosm, it's gonna come into the space of boutique fitness, like, duh, <laughs> duh. But to wrap this all up, honestly, it wasn't that bad. Now that I'm reflecting on my bad and my ugly, I mean, it is obviously that bad, but I didn't. it didn't become like a tea session and I never intended for this to be a tea session, but some people hear mess and they're like, tea, tea. And I'm like, nah, this just, this just, miss <laughs> but these experiences they haven't made me jaded they've hurt my feelings they've broken me they've made me distrustful of people but they haven't jaded me and I'm grateful for that and I'm grateful that it hasn't jaded me if anything all of these experiences they have sucked but I have no they have sucked period there's no but they have sucked. I have survived them. And I'm really excited for where I'm at now. I'm really excited for being in this space with SoulCycle. And I say that because SoulCycle is not without its own controversy. It's not without its own people have their own experiences. And I'm never going to invalidate anybody's experiences. They are entitled to speak about what happened to them and what they experienced. Respectfully, that was before my time. So all I'm going to do is acknowledge that and listen to them and validate them in this space of life that I'm in. I'm so excited 
for the opportunities to grow with this company and not to just be here, but to make it something different, not to just exist here, but to do what I can do, my part to make this company different, to make it better, to make me better. And that's welcome because I had that opportunity to grow. My growth and my success is not dependent on one or two people and their moods and what they feel they have time for and their favoritism and their own bullshit. My growth, there is no glass ceiling for me if I don't create that glass ceiling. And I'm like super excited about that. Another thing that I'm really excited about is we're paid for trainings. <laughs> Y'all, I'm, I'm telling you, it is the little things in life, okay? And this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I'm gonna say it. If you cannot afford to pay your instructors for development that you hope that is going to positively impact your pockets and your business, if you cannot afford to pay them for trainings, you cannot afford to be in business. Boom. And that's how I feel about the restaurant industry and tipping too. If you cannot pay your employees enough money to make a living, if you cannot pay them a living wage, you cannot afford to be in business. These, these people should not be depending on the tips from others to supplement their income because you can't pay them or you choose to pay them poverty wages and pass the, sa to pass the savings onto the customer. It don't work like that. So I feel like, honestly, if you can't afford to pay your instructors, you want them to come into these trainings on their free time to make your business better, to make them better so your business, so they can pull in more riders or clients and your business can make more money, but you're not going to pay them? Absolutely not. In 2022, do better, do better, do better. <laughs> so I'm also really excited. Now that I got that energy, child, I'm so excited. I'm really excited for rebuilding during a pandemic. And that sounds absolutely insane, but this pandemic Lovato turned the fitness industry on its head. Literally, it almost destroyed our industry. And I respected people that I've seen pivot like incredibly. Like Rachel Brooks, she is someone, she started the Fit Pro Co watching her pivot, watching everyone pivot, but start their own brands, start their own offerings. Like that has been amazing to me. And it honestly like motivated me to get my shit together, to start my website, to get more serious about my meditation offerings and what I can bring to people. It made seeing them rebuild and pivot and rebrand or just brand period, that motivated me to get my stuff together. So now that I'm a new instructor, during the height of a pan, well, I guess we're out of the height of it now, but we're still in the pandemic. It's 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 scary to think about restarting because leaving anywhere and start, you have to start over again. But starting over in a pandemic, it's been crazy, y'all. But I am excited to rebuild this ridership, and it's going to be hard. It has been hard. It is the past couple of months have been very hard. But it's going to be worth it. And and I'm excited about it. I'm excited for the future. And I always say this, even though it's been hard, if you show up for people, they will absolutely show up for you. And that's all I've been intent. That's what I've been focusing on. Just being my best self so I can show up for people in hopes that they will show up for me. And I'm starting to see that return now. And it makes me really excited. So as I 
do this five-year look back and reflect on the good, the bad, and the ugly, it's like, girl, where will you be five years from now? Like, where will you be? Um, I'll be near 40. As <laughs> I'm aging, I'm not one of those people that aging scares me. I'm excited to get older because getting older is a blessing. Um, these crow's feet by my eyes, they're starting to give me a little pause, but... <laughs> excited about aging. I'm excited for aging. I'll, I'll be near 40 in five years. And that's, that's exciting. I'll be maybe someone's mom, maybe who knows? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but whether I'm someone's mom, I'll definitely be nearly 40. And I truly hope to still be teaching. I, I really do. And I, I'm inspired by the women that I see who are Mel Griffith, Sue, um, Ayana, all of these women who are near their 40s, in their 40s, in their 50s, surviving cancer, they're still teaching. And that excites me. And it's a sign that women, we really can do anything we put our mind to. So as I look back on my years of this fitness industry, I'm excited. It's been a great five years. I've gotten so much more out of this than I could have even thought of five years ago when I started. Um, I'm just excited. I'm excited. And so if there's anyone who's thinking about joining this industry, do it. Go into it with clear eyes. Communicate your needs. Communicate your wants. Don't settle for, don't settle for anybody's mistreatment and ask for everything in writing and sign contracts, okay? (laughs) Get everything in writing, sign contracts, and ask for a copy of your contract and look up the law because no one should be attending trainings for free. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. So 45 minutes, that's where we are. Thank you so much for listening. This was a longer episode than normal. If you've made it to the end, if you've made it to this part, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for staying with me. Thank you for allowing me to share my experience. And I want to hear about yours. If you are currently a fitness instructor, tell me about your experience. You can find me on Instagram at the or You can drop me a voice note at Anchor FM. You can head to my website, thesashawitney.com. No, sorry, sashawitney.com. Wow, girl, get it together. You don't even know your website. I've been talking for too long. That's what's happening. But um, all right, we're going to cut it off. Thank you again. Have a beautiful rest of your day. And until next time, peace out. <laughs>